sick from watching my TV. Checking out the news, I tell my eyeballs fail to see. I mean to say that every day is just another rotten mess. And when it's gonna change, my friend, is anybody's guess. So I'm watching and I'm waiting, hoping for the best. Even think I'll go to prayer every time I hear them saying that there's no way to delay that trouble coming every day. We mentioned many weeks back in this program that it was high time we went down to the Sacramento News and Review and brought our old pal Cosmo Garvin back on the program to talk about, well, probably primarily a lot of environmental issues, but really whatever we damn well please. So um, Mr. Merrill and I have packed up our things, and we are now at the Sacramento News and Review offices to do exactly that, at which point I'd like to say welcome back to Radio Parallax, Cosmo Garvin. Thanks, Doug. Welcome to North Sac. <laughs> Glad to be here. Um, I know that this week's issue has kind of a hot one. It's not, I guess it is an environmental issue, uh, no matter how you slice it. The arena question is back. Yeah, I think it's, it's sort of an environmental issue, although we uh, looked at it more as a real estate deal, uh, uh, an issue of public funds and public resources, and uh, uh, people's big plans for the built environment. Well, there's, uh, the Maloof brothers, I guess, just have always had these big plans. We need a new arena, blah, blah, blah. Sacramento has been cycling through this issue year in and year out, and obviously it's, it's still very much alive. Yeah, I've been aware of it for about uh, 10 years now since uh, then Council Member Heather Fargo made a, a, an issue of it in her mayoral campaign and, and said that the downtown rail yards would be a good place for a new arena. Even then, they, were, were, they weren't calling it a basketball arena. They were calling it a sports and entertainment complex. And it was going to revitalize the rail yards. Uh, that was the original idea. I guess it's still very much the idea. And okay. still, still very much the hope and, and dream of a lot of players uh, here in Sacramento, including the current mayor, Kevin Johnson. Well, being an ex-basketballer, he certainly got behind this and has, has I guess, jump-started a lot of this. It, it kind of was dead in the water a couple of years ago, it seemed. The last iteration of the downtown arena that we saw were, were measures uh, Q&R, and uh, you may recall this was a, a quarter-cent sales tax, a couple of measures that would have raised uh, sales taxes by a quarter-cent and used the money to, to build a new uh, facility downtown. And uh, the voters just thought that was a... a a horrible, horrible idea, and they, they, I think it was like a 60, 70 point spread that they, they voted it down. So now uh, the, the new mayor, or not so new, but newish mayor, uh, last year, about a year ago, launched the Sacramento First Task Force, and uh, it was uh, charged with vetting uh, some sort of new arena proposal, and, and this, this is the one they chose. It's called the Convergence Proposal. The main developers are Jerry Camillos and David Taylor. And the older I get, the more suspicious I am of blue ribbon panels and things convened to come together with, with such matters. They always seem to be hiding something, in my opinion. But uh, let, let's let's do the details. What what is this current iteration? What are the, what, what are they? There's a three-way swap going on, I guess, between uh, Arco Arena, Cal Expo, and the rail yards. Right. So what's really different about this proposal is the uh, inclusion of the state fair land and the Cal, the state's uh, Cal Expo land uh, not far from here, off of, right. of I-80 out there. And the way it would work is, if I can get this roughly right and roughly in order, lenders will provide the money up front to build a new basketball arena in the downtown rail yards. Once that's built, then the existing Arco Arena in North Natomas will be uh, destroyed and a new California State Fair will be built on the land in North Natomas where Arco sits now. 
The plan is that the city would donate a portion of the land it owns in the rail yards for the arena to be built on. The city would also donate about 100 acres it owns uh, near Arco Arena uh, for the state fair to be built there. And then the third step is that once the new state fair is built in North Natomas, the existing state fair land would be sold off to uh, private developers to build a new community of you know, thousands of houses and office and retail. And, you know, imagine sort of a mini North Natomas. Yeah, it sounds like everywhere you go there's development woven into this, which I suppose probably has a lot of developers on board. This is not nothing new. Uh, you know, certainly the original Arco Arena was essentially a way to get real estate uh, jump-started in North Natomas. It, it, the city had to uh, open up that area to development in order to uh, build a facility in order to bring the kings to town. So real estate and the kings um, have been uh, really intertwined for the last, you know, going on 30 years. The thing is, between what you guys are covering the, covering about this and what's in the B, it sounds to me as though um, they're going to have the size of, of, uh, of the state fair. It's, it'd be like the, the area they're going to they're going to swap is is like is much smaller. Right. Uh, the state fair right now sits on 350 acres. Um, the Arco site is about 185 acres. Um, of course, the new state fair, they, they, the Cal Expo board wants it to be uh, new and state-of-the-art, and, and so there's some question about whether they can shoehorn that into uh, a, what's, what is about half the space. They've already determined that uh, horse racing at that, uh, in the North Natomas site, at the Arco site, is non-starter and so they'll have to either be reimbursed they want to be reimbursed two million dollars a year for for lost horse racing revenue or the deal they they want to negotiate is is that there'll be a new horse track somewhere else the folks in north natomas are certainly don't want uh <laughs> horse racing in their uh, yeah i wonder why in their neighborhood uh, among other things that they don't want you know from for the state fair to bring into their neighborhood like a overflow homeless shelter which currently exists at the state fair so uh or right. the cal expo grounds right so that's a big that would concern. go with it i suppose folks in natomas are certainly saying <laughs> that won't come with it we, we're not on board with that um so this is one of many many uh, uh questions this deal is, has brought up. And, it, and even the developers will tell you, you know, this is, this is not a project, this is a process. Uh, huh. we're, and we're very, very early in the process. And, and there will be lots of public input, lots of vetting of all these questions. And, and we don't know the answers to many of these questions yet. Okay, once you throw those resonant phrases out, a lot of brains will freeze up for quite a while, I guess. Because <laughs> <laughs> my understanding is the beef about Cal Expo Forever has been that it's too small as it stands. So how can you make something 60%, you know, or 40% smaller and get by? Well, I guess the way you do it is you go vertical. That's the, that's the, uh, <laughs> like, like in Japan word. where they have a building, people go camping. You get to go inside the building and camp like 10 stories up. You could pitch a tent. I'm not sure what their architects are, are going to come up with. Uh, certainly, you know, a more vertical state fair is, is something that's been thrown around. The developers, uh, originally su suggested that Arco, that a second floor could be added to Arco. Um, and the, thus it could be renovated into an exhibit hall and they'd have animal exhibits and, and everything else that would go with that. The Cal Expo board uh, hated that idea and, and said, no, you know, ARCO will be leveled and, and we'll get a new exhibit hall. Uh, but, but clearly, if you can't go out, you, you've got to go up 
or pare down the size of your operation. Good God. I know this is speculative. What do you think the chances of this one gaining some traction are? Of this proposal? Yes. There's a big test coming up uh, in just a couple of weeks here. Uh, the Cal Expo board is going to meet on September 24th to consider a consultant's report. Uh, the report will be out probably mid-September, probably about September 14th, and, and it will suggest to the board whether or not this pencils uh, out, uh, roughly pencils out uh, to the board, and, and or soon thereafter the board will make a decision, do we want to go ahead with this, does, does this make any sense at all, is this viable, or do we want to do something like sell off part of the Cal Expo land and just make improvements and stay on the current Cal, Cal Expo land. A lot of observers think that Cal, the Cal Expo board is going to end up selling off part of this public land. So it'll be interesting if they decide to go it alone. You know, that'll, that'll continue to be an issue even if the convergence proposal, uh, I think for all purposes, would be, would be dead at that point if Cal Expo says we're going to go it alone. The developer says, well, we'll have to look and retool, but th that's not the end of the convergence proposal. Well, I guess we'll just have to see in the next, what, couple months you think this is going to come to a head? or If it continues to move forward, you'll see action uh, every couple of months. Certainly, you, we're going to see a lot of action sort of middle September, end of September. Um, there'll be some more information in this consultant's report. And then it'll go quiet again for a while as, as it sort of moves through these uh, different phases. But there are so many hurdles to this proposal. The, Good. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, there are a couple, a couple of the, that I think are, are real interesting and that I tried to highlight in the story. The developers need special state legislation for this proposal to go forward. Mm. Some of that legislation has to do with simply moving the state fair. You well, need permission. What about all this talk about the toxics that were in the rail yard? I mean, you guys covered this years ago. There, there's evidence that they, they just dumped chemicals in the ground for decades out there. There has been a lot of cleanup done and really um, at quite a lot of expense. Okay. And if you pour enough money and take enough time, you can get toxic soil cleaned up. And the portion of the rail yards we're talking about, right around where the historic uh, train depot is, mm -hmm. it was the the priority for cleanup. And, and so it's going to be the first stuff you can build on. And if this were to go forward, this would be really the first project of any significance in, in the rail yards. We're speaking with Cosmo Garvin, reporter, columnist, and senior staff writer at the Sacramento News and Review about the, well, the current shenanigans regarding the Arco Arena, etc. cetera. Uh, Cosmo, how's this thing going to work in terms of uh, the financing? I mean, the, how are they, they going to move money around to make this thing happen? It's a really complicated deal, and, and I, I take some time to try to spell it out in the story, but basically... Um, You've got a couple of lenders who are going to front the money, and they're going to get paid back over 30 years from the profits and from the sales and property taxes that are generated at this new Point West development. And this is uh, interesting. It's a little bit esoteric for, for readers and maybe for listeners, but it's um, a kind of untested mechanism. It's kind of like redevelopment, but they can't quite legally do it, so they have to kind of figure out how to create a new kind of tax increment financing mechanism to fund a big chunk of this construction. At the risk of, of putting people to sleep here. The three card Monty's not going to work on this? <laughs> That's possibly a good shorthand for this, <laughs> for this whole uh, proposal, but it's certainly been described as three 
Card Monty. Um, it's been described as a Rube Goldberg machine. <laughs> I, li- I like that metaphor. But basically, one of the tools they want to use is to create a, a, a tax increment district, which allows you to basically draw a line around uh, your development project and all of the sales and property tax money that would go, or all of the sales tax money that would go to the state would instead, you know, to fund things like schools and other services, would instead go to financing the construction of a new state fair and all of the money that would go to the city for services like cops and whatever else the city does, fires and parks, would instead go to paying back the loans for the new arena. So I thought that was interesting to try to bring a little more clarity to because uh, certainly the proponents are saying, you know, the general fund, the city's general fund won't be at risk and, and we're really minimizing uh, the use of public money or there's going to be no new taxes, but but this is all public money when you talk about uh, tax increment financing. Well, Cosmo, we, we, we should do this more often. In fact, I think we ought to come out here about once a month and talk to you about the stories that have been in the news and review. You should, and you should spend lots of money in the neighborhood up here. <laughs> You know, by the way, we did. I want to compliment you for the article you guys ran, the essay by Bert Wilson. We thought it was so good. We grabbed Bert and had him on the show, and God, he was a good guest. Oh, good. That whole issue of like sticking bigger straws into the Delta uh, is one that I think, you know, I applaud you guys for covering. We're going to keep on it because they want to operate under cover of darkness on this. Those straws are not going to go away. No, they, they want twice as much water to go south, and they want to do it by diverting water on the Delta. But I love the fact that I was reading, I was reading. The paper, reading the essay that you guys had from Bert, it mentioned Phil Eisenberg being a lobbyist for the Irvine Company. Like, oh, that seems like a bit of a conflict of interest to be in a blue ribbon water panel. Yeah, uh, that's, that's interesting. It was a good essay. Got a lot of good response. So I'm glad you guys uh, talked to Bert as well. Yeah, we must, we must, we must stay on that one, like white on rice. But one also caught my the taco truck issue. What's what's going on with the taco trucks? Well, this is something I, I wrote about in the uh, bikes column last week, and. Um, about four years ago, the city council, Sacramento City Council, decided that um, uh, taco trucks and other kinds of mobile food vendors, you know, these are the guys who, who pull into the parking lot at, at the office park at lunchtime and, and uh, last La Cucaracha. And, uh, <laughs> know them well. And, uh, <laughs> uh, and soup's on. Um, they, uh, the city council decided that these... Uh, mobile food vendors were perhaps a threat to brick-and-mortar businesses. They were getting complaints from uh, brick-and-mortar restaurant owners. Um, And they decided to uh, phase in some pretty severe restrictions on these guys, including, you know, limiting them to about stopping for about a half hour, uh, not allowing them within a certain distance of uh, brick-and-mortar restaurants. And and, uh, really it was perceived as, as essentially trying to get rid of, you know, roach coaches and taco trucks and other kinds of mobile vendors. But, but you know, a funny thing has happened in the last couple of years. You know, in L.A., you've seen these uh, sort of higher-end uh, mobile food vendors, the Korean yeah, taco trucks. Right, and they're getting a lot of press for, like, they're using the Internet technology. People show up, and it's, it's, it's really uh, taken off. It's become very fashionable, and, and more recently, the Food Network has, has launched this show. I think it's called The Great Food Truck Race. <laughs> and um, suddenly, roach coaches are really trendy, and some council members are having second thoughts about the... Uh, the restrictions and they're wondering if they should look at this again and I guess my take in the column this week was that that was 
uh, sort of doubly lame. Uh, <laughs> it, it was wrong to put these restrictions in in the first place, and, right. and and now to turn around and say, oh well, if it's on the Food Network, then then maybe it's I see. It's okay, I, I think it's a little bit classist. Um, you know, if it's if it's hipster grilled cheese, it's okay, but if it's you know. Uh, tamales, it's it somehow not. Hmm, maybe a little, little anti-immigrant uh, sort of sentiment creeping into this? I mean, with this this council, I, I, they're, they're not bigots, but... Well, people doing the complaining, you know? I mean, if you get a lot of complaints from people, maybe that makes me wonder. It does happen to be true that a lot of the folks who, who run these trucks are, you know, more recent immigrants, and it's more ethnic fare, and um, a lot of the times, historically, has been somewhat downscale compared to the you know, probably the restaurants that have been doing the complaining. All right, Cosmo, good to have you back here on Radio Parallax. We'll have to do this again, like I say, on a regular basis. Maybe we can talk about, as I look up, all the blue jeans up in your roof. You've got, you've got recycled, looks like uh, Levi's, chopped up and used as, as... I'm not sure what the brand name is, but it's... Well, at some point in the future, let's, let's, let's do, walk through your eco-friendly building and do a, little, uh, do a little You Were There reporting. I think that'd be fun. We'll hook you up. Okay. We've been speaking with Cosmo Garvin, senior staff writer and columnist for the Sacramento News and Review. He'll be back soon. You know we got to sit around at home and watch this thing begin. But I'll bet there won't be many live to see it really end. Cause the fire in the street ain't like the fire in the heart. And in the eyes of all these people, don't you know that this could start on any street in any town? state if any clown decides that now's the time to fight for some ideally thinks is right and if a million more agree there ain't no great society as it applies to you and me our country isn't free and the law refused to see if all that you can ever be is just a lousy janitor and unless your uncle owns the store you know that five and every four just won't amount to nothing more they'll watch the rats go across the floor and make up songs about being poor Blow your harmonica, son. 